This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 195, episode 195 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you and your family had a great Thanksgiving weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Music You're Missing, Drink drinks after work eat the damn cake i'm the promoter he's the dj 30 flirty and surviving the wicked fast podcast chance to strive no limits with kevin cooney be fit the hobby and so many other great podcasts you can always check out card vault breaks every single day on whatnot youtube facebook instagram if you're into sports cards you can also go down in person down to patriot place and to foxwoods resort casino down in connecticut to check out card vault some Great buying options there as well. Every single Tuesday, Timmy Ticket Tuesday, if you want to win free tickets to Big Night Live for upcoming shows, you can follow that through Big Night Media's Instagram page at Big Night Media, and you can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. Click the Big Night Media tab, click Banner Banter, and get everyone in your family the perfect holiday treat, which is Banner Banter Podcast merchandise. Whew. Okay, here we go. Um, Celtics are 16-4. and four. Yeah, best record in the NBA, five-game lead over the Philadelphia 76ers, who are second in the Atlantic Division. You know, you got to give a shout-out to Joe Mazzulla right away. I mean, how can you not be happy with the job he has done? He clearly doesn't like timeouts. He's admitted he doesn't like timeouts. He wants the team to work through the runs. Jalen likes it. He's into it. He He's in, which is fine by me. If the team's bought into it and they know what the situation is, how can you be upset with that? So if the players have bought into something that Joe Mazzulla is doing, that's a great thing. So got to give a shout out to Joe Mazzulla because, you know, last year with Ime Adoka, they didn't start off that great. I think they went like 19 and 21 in their first 40 games. And halfway through that, Joe Mazzulla literally needs to win three more games to equal what Ime Adoka did in the last or in his first 40 games. I'm not comparing them. We all know Ime Adoka was a great coach. But for right now, we're focusing on Joe Mazzulla, and he has done a fantastic job. So you got to give a shout-out to him. So last week, the Celtics lost to the Chicago Bulls again, 121-107. to They just came out absolutely flat. Like they, It's like they didn't even care. And then they came out, nationally televised game on Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving, beat the Dallas Mavericks 125-112. to Then they literally locked down the Sacramento Kings going into the game, which was actually the best offensive team in the NBA, better than the Celtics going into that game, forced them, a lot of turnovers, uh, which was great. The defense looked really, really good, only held them to 104 points. They beat them 122 to 104. And then last night, the Celtics beat the Washington Wizards without Jason Tatum, 130 to 121. This week, they're playing the Charlotte Hornets tonight. 
at TD Garden at 7.30 p.m. Then they have the Heat twice at the Garden this week, both at 7.30 p.m. One is on Wednesday, one is on Friday, and then they end the week in Brooklyn on Sunday at 6 p.m., which is the start of their insane West Coast trip. Uh, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I can't stop thinking about it. Nets, Raptors, Suns, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, with two of those being back-to-backs. No joke. And just one quick little rant, and I'll probably rant to get in about it again very, very soon, but... One of the back-to-backs is against the Lakers, which I think is so fucking stupid. I hate how the NBA has one of the best rivalry in sports, a.k.a. the Celtics and the Lakers, but they give one team a day off and the other team no days off before the matchup. It's so stupid. I hate it. Moving on. Um, What else we got to talk about before we talk about some other stuff? Uh, uh, Injury report stuff. Jason Tatum, quote-unquote, left ankle sprain against the Wizards last night. I just think they wanted to give him a night off, which I predicted last week in... um, on episode 194, I literally forgot which number episode was last week. But yeah, episode 194, I predicted it was either going to be the Kings or the Wizards game. And of course, it was the Wizards game. And, you know, you you think about the fact that Jason Tatum was listed questionable for the Mavericks game with a left ankle sprain. And let's be serious. Just like I said last week in episode 184, he wanted this game. He wanted to be in the spotlight. He wanted to outplay Luka. Jalen said it after the game as well. There was no way he was missing this one. He was absolutely unbelievable in that game. I don't know if you want to have Lucas triple-double or almost triple-double with a plus 40 or Tatum stat line. I'll take Tatum stat line in the win every single day of the week. And by the way, Luca's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He legitimately moves in slow motion. Like, I thought Paul Pierce used to move in slow motion. This is, like, slower. This is, like, sloth slow. It's it's crazy, but it is what it is. Uh, as far as tonight... Injury report-wise, Al Horford probably won't play against the Charlotte Hornets. You know, kind of is what it is. Al's not going to be playing a lot of back-to-back, so we may see a lot of Blake Griffin or more Luke Cornett, and I'll talk about Luke Cornett in a little bit. And then Rob Williams, the Time Lord, uh, rumored to be back by Christmas, depending on how this West Coast road trip goes. I say don't bring him back until MLK Day. Get him as much rest as possible. Kind of get him into the flow of things before the All-Star break. Have him come off the bench, and then everyone is full steam ahead after the playoffs, try and get that number one seed, try and get home court, try and get as much rest as possible. But obviously, great news to have Rob back. Last week, Joe Missoula mentioned that he's now doing three-on-three, so it's great to hear that Rob Williams is progressing and, more importantly, progressing well. But uh, before I get in the sudden dud of the week, uh, before I talk about the four upcoming games this week, I just want to talk about Jalen Brown. Now, I know Jalen's been in the news with you know what he has posted on social media, whether it was a mistake or not. Who knows? I don't know Jalen personally, so I'm not here to dive deep and try to figure that out but I just want to talk basketball with you because I think Jalen Brown is an all-star should be an all-star and better be an all-star this year or else I will riot he's 13th in the league in scoring Jalen Brown is 13th in the league in scoring a lot of people think you know Tatum's averaging 30 some odd points a game Jalen Brown's averaging over 25 points a game I actually think it's 26 points a game I don't have it right in front of me but it's incredible 13th in the league in scoring, 7th in the Eastern Conference, and they usually have, what, 12 or 13 guys for the All-Star team, I think? So right then and there, he should be an All-Star. Top 20 player in the league for player efficiency. He can be the number one scorer on any team. We saw that last night against the Wizards. He almost dropped 40 while Tatum was out. He stepped up big time. He's shooting 
better than he ever has in his career. I mean, maybe not from three, and that's okay, but he is attacking the rim. He has the best field goal percentage so far of his career, so far, this season. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny. You you think about all the times Jalen Brown has missed free throws. It's like he can never make two free throws in a row, and it's so fucking aggravating. But this year, he's actually shooting 83% from the line. And before this season, the best he's ever done is 75%. So that's a huge improvement. Most rebounds per game so far in his career, uh, but it is his highest turnovers. Um, I'll I'll blame that on usage, uh, just because clearly Jalen Brown's getting the ball more. He's attacking the rim more. Has Jalen's turnovers been better? Sure. Um, did he go on a little streak last week, maybe a couple weeks ago, where it was kind of like flashback from uh, the NBA Finals? Yes, but Jalen Brown, like I said, every single playoff game last year, and I will continue to say this forever. Jalen Brown is the most important player on this team. And I get why Jason Tatum is getting all the love. He deserves it. But at the end of the day, Jalen Brown needs to get a little more love. And he better be a fucking all-star. He has improved. He's gotten better every single year he's gotten the league. He's been an all-star before. Last year uh, was kind of a weird year. It sucks for him. Now, could he make All-NBA? That, I don't know. That's that's a discussion for a different time. But if Jalen Brown keeps throwing up 26 points a game, six or seven boards, three or four assists, obviously you'd like that to be... Excuse me. There's my burp. My freaking weekly podcast burp. Damn it. I, re- I was, what, eight minutes in? Nine minutes in? Ah, oh, well. Whatever. Um, but if Jalen Brown can continue to get better every single game and can continue the streak, he should be an all-star. He'll be respected around the league. And... The the bad part about that is, and I've always stated this, and I know it's not like the hottest it takes because I don't want it to happen, but I, if Jalen Brown continues to play like this, he can literally go up to the Celtics and be like, dude, I can be a number one scorer on any team in the NBA. I can lead a team like Jason Tatum's leading a team, and I want that type of money. And he deserves it, you know, but obviously you want Jalen Brown to stay. So we're not going to think about that right now. But Jalen Brown is the most important player on this team. This team will go as far as Jalen Brown goes because we know what Jason Tatum can do. We know what Al Horford can do. We know what Marcus Smart can do on a night-to-night basis. Marcus Smart was great leading the team last night in assists. Um, And, you know, Marcus is getting better and better as a point guard, which you love to see. So shout out to Jalen Brown. I just want to show him some love because I know everyone's talking about is Tatum a top five player is Tatum the MVP and all of that talk is real and it should be talked about, but you also got to give some love to Jalen Brown too. So with that being said, let's do stud and dud of the week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud. Of the week. Okay, your stud and dud of the week for episode 195 of the Banner Bearage Podcast. The stud of the week is actually studs. A couple couple cats on the Celtics. Peyton Pritchard and Luke Cornett are your studs of the week. Let's start off with Peyton Pritchard, who has always stayed ready. Um, for a young guy that has not seen a, a lot of minutes uh, like he did last year, 
it's a big time type of like veteran move for a young guy to be as ready as Peyton Pritchard has. Like he didn't play versus the Bulls. He only played one minute versus the Mavs. And then he plays 15 minutes versus the Kings. And Peyton's energy that he brought off the bench in that third quarter against the Kings is the reason why the Celtics went on a 36 to four run after giving up another huge lead like they did with the Mavs too. And it was exactly what the team needed. So the fact that he didn't play on Monday played for like 90 seconds on Wednesday, and then comes in and is a huge spark, a huge reason to why the team won another game at home, won their 15th game of the season, was because of someone like Peyton Pritchard. And that is the depth that this team has, and everyone needs to be recognized for it. Sam Hauser obviously playing well too. Malcolm Brogdon has been solid, exactly what you want, but Peyton Pritchard was a plus 22 in a game that he only played 15 minutes in. Huge spark. Another, like, listen, Peyton Pritchard isn't the best defensively. You know, he was great, uh, you know, against the Nuggets and a couple other teams rebounding the basketball. But the fact that a young guy who's in, what, year three? This is year three for Peyton, I believe, is playing like a veteran, just being like, hey, man, it's your time. Go knock down some shots, and he can do that. You'd love to see that. And then... The other one is Luke Cornett. Now, if Tommy Heinsohn was around and saw the way Luke Cornett's been playing lately, he might be comparing him to Bill Russell like Tommy Heinsohn once did with Greg Steemsma. For any of you that don't remember that, go type in Greg Steemsma, Tommy Heinsohn. He literally compared his blocking shots, like his timing of blocking shots to Bill Russell. Absolutely hilarious. But this is another guy where his minutes are up and down, but always ready. In three out of the four games last week, he shot 63% from the field. He averaged three rebounds, 1.3 blocks, six points per game, and was positive in the positive minus category. But the thing that everyone's been talking about, and you know, I, I really didn't want to talk about it, but maybe some people you know that... Uh, aren't in the area and don't get that local broadcast love. Uh, we got to talk about the Cornette contest or the corn test that I believe Scal is calling it, by the way. But, oh, and sorry, by the way, great to see Mike Gorman at the arena last night. Mike Gorman is an icon. He, like, outside of my dad, he is my hero. He is just everything I want to be in life. Play by play for the Celtics, funny guy, nice guy. All of it. I love you, Mike Gorman. Anyways, the Cornette test or the corn test, whatever you guys call it, is incredible. And basically what he does, and I want everyone to watch it in the Hornets game tonight or the Heat game coming up, whatever the case may be, he jumps straight up in the air, hands up, and he's nowhere near the three-point shooter. Like, literally. He could be in the paint. The other team could have great ball movement. They'll swing it around, and he will jump up in the paint as high as he can to distract the shooter. And to be honest with you, it's actually really smart because, number one, he can't land on the shooter. So a lot of guys will, like, fly out and contest shots, and then the player will kick their feet out. It's a flagrant one. They'll get the the three free throws and another free throw because of the flagrant and then get the ball back. So this is actually kind of smart in some way. Then, because he's seven foot two with a long ass wingspan, he kind of blocks the rim. And if you've played basketball ever, you always look at the rim when you're shooting the ball. That's what they always tell you. So I went to the Chris Ford basketball camp back in the day at Daniel Webster College, which I don't even think it exists anymore. But anyways, he they always told us look at the back of the rim when you're shooting, whatever side you're on. So if it's dead center, look at the back of the rim, kind of like where the backboard is, where the backboard and the rim connects. If you're on the side, look at the back of the rim on that side. So 
They always told us that. So the fact that he's now blocking that is crazy. And then it's also kind of like a mind fuck too, because some people are like, what is this? Like, what is this ninth grade history teacher looking motherfucker doing? Jumping so far away from me. He's not even close to me. I, I, I don't get it. So it's smart. I think, I forget what the stat was. I think there's only been like one or two three-pointers made when he does this, which is hilarious. So maybe the whole team can do it at the same time and see what happens from there. But but overall, Luke Cornett has filled his role nicely so far with Rob. Listen, is he an outstanding NBA player? No. Is he a good NBA player? No. But is has he been, I don't want to say the right guy, but a solid guy to fill in, fit in the minutes for Rob and others? Absolutely. So I just want to give a shout out to Peyton Pritchard and Luke Cornett as your studs of the week. And the dud of the week is number 12. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, oh, classic Timmy G. Always got something against the number 12. But I'm sorry, folks. He is. He didn't have a great uh, he didn't have a great week. Men lie. Women lie. Numbers don't. A great Jay-Z quote. Before the before the four games last week, he was shooting 48 percent from three, 57 percent from the floor and scoring 10 points a game. Solid numbers. You cannot be upset or upset about that. But last week, in the four games, he shot 33% from the field, 26% from three, and averaged five points per game. And his rebounding was down too. Now, I will give number 12 just a little bit of relief here because he's gone from a starter off the bench, starter off the bench, and that is tough. I actually think that is tougher than what Peyton Pritchard's going through, where you don't play for a couple games and then you play for like 15 minutes. But for number 12 to start and then go to the bench start, it, it's different. I get it. You know, Russell Westbrook's going through the same thing with the Lakers. I'm not comparing the two, but you 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 get the example. But number 12, in his last 14 three-point attempts, he's only made four of them. So maybe an off week, but overall, a not a great week for number 12 and a well-deserved dud of the week. All right. Let's preview the four games this upcoming week real quick. Hornets, Heat twice, and then the Nets. So the Charlotte Hornets game tonight, there are two different ways you can look at it. The first way is the Celtics are 1-4 versus teams where the city name starts with the letter C. 1-2 versus the Bulls, 0-2 versus the Cavs, and the Charlotte Hornets. So it's not looking great because against the rest of the alphabet, the Celtics are 15-0. So take that as you will. But tonight could be a tough game because Charlotte starts with the letter C. And they suck this year against any city that starts with the letter C. So keep that in mind. Anyways, the other way you can look at it, the Celtics, first in offense, first in true shooting, first in effective field goals, first in three-point shooting, first in free, free throw shooting, and first in scoring margin. The Charlotte Hornets are last in offense, last in true shooting, last in effective field goal, 29th in three-point shooting, 27th in free throw shooting, and 27th in scoring margin. So there's two different ways you can look at it. You could do the alphabet game, which by the way, alphabets, very underrated serial. But anyways, you could do it by the alphabet or by stats. And either way, it's not looking good for the Hornets. I'll tell you that right now. Last in offense, last in true shooting, last in effective field goal, second to last in three-point shooting. Yikes. LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Dennis Smith Jr., they are all out for this game. And just one quick note before we move on. Don't let Kelly Oubre go off, please. He annoys me. He annoys me so much. But that's it. Anyways, so two games against the Miami Heat, in my opinion, are very, very important. I know not a lot of people are going to be looking at it like that because the Heat are like 10 and 11 this year, but the Heat have won three straight games. They're playing better and better as the season goes, like most teams do. See the Boston Celtics last season. 
But the reason why I think these are very important games, the Celtics, if the Celtics win these two games, they win the season series since they already beat the Heat earlier this year and they play them four times this year. So that is very important for playoff seeding if the Heat can catch up to the Celtics. I mean, obviously, if the Celtics win their division, they get that tiebreaker as well because the Heat will have to deal with the Atlanta Hawks, who they did actually beat uh, last night. But the Heat have two days off going into this game, which is huge. Jimmy Butler has been out with a knee injury. He may play in this game or may not. Obviously, that's a big deal. But if the Celtics can win both of these games, that's 3-0 against the Heat. Last year's number one seed, the team that they beat to go to the NBA Finals, and to have that little tiebreaker is huge. Like, that's why I was talking a few weeks ago about, about the Cleveland Cavaliers games, because the Cavs now have a 2-0 advantage. And if the Cavs start playing basketball the way that they did to start the season, those two games could make or break what happens for the seeding in the playoffs. And I know we're only in November, but it those those tiebreakers matter, and th- these type of games do matter. So you got to take advantage of home court. And then, of course, you know, they have Kyle Lowry, and who sucks, who I hate so much. I don't get how he's good at basketball. You know those people that are just always good at everything, no matter what they do? Like, you could be like, hey, are you a righty? Sure. All right. Here's a pen. Write in cursive with your left hand, and it's beautiful, even though they've never done it before. It's like those type of fucking people. And that's like Kyle Lowry. Oh, I hate Kyle Lowry. But anyways... Bam Adebayo, a player from the Miami Heat, one of the better players in the league, has been on an absolute tear lately. Over the last 10 games, he's averaging 24 points, 11 rebounds, and shooting 52% from the field. So Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will have, even number 12, will have their hands full. Um, The Heat right now have a bottom 10 offense but have a top 10 defense. So the Celtics offense will have to be ready to go for this matchup. And then finally, the Nets game on Sunday. I mean, the Nets, they're 6-4 six and, six and four in their last 10 games, and they are literally the most bizarre team in the NBA. And I don't care about the off-court, off-court stuff. Let, their, let them deal with their days of our lives bullshit on their own. But this team lost to the 76ers without Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden. What? Then they lost to the Pacers, who stink. But then they beat the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers twice, who are both good. I don't get it. So which team are are the Celtics going to face on Sunday? I have no idea. I mean, Durant will give you 30, Kyrie will give you 25, and then will Seth Curry be on or off? Will Joe Harris be on or off? Because they're both such streaky shooters. Is Ben Simmons going to shoot the ball? Is Ben Simmons going to lock up Tatum and Brown like he used to in the past when he was on the 76ers? Like, the Nets are not good, but they have a lot of, like, they're, they're so top-heavy. It's ridiculous. They're not deep. I don't care about Nicholas Claxton at all. Sure, he's a pretty good shot blocker, but you be physical with him, he'll break because he's a toothpick. But they're 19th in defensive rating, 11th in offensive rating, and they're the worst rebounding team in the league. The Celtics have to take advantage to get some second-chance points, capitalize on that. And I feel like it's just one of those games where if you work harder than the Nets, you win. So I, I'm i expecting the Celtics to go at least 3-1 and one this week. They're better than the Hornets. They're better than the Nets. And if they split with the Heat, fine, it is what it is. The Heat are a good team. They've had some injuries. You know, uh, Duncan Robinson's been out. Caleb Martin's been in and out of the starting lineup. Same, same with Max Struess and Tyler Hero and, and all that. So... If the Celtics can go three and one this week, and next thing you know, they're nineteen and five heading into this uh, insane West Coast road trip, so be it. 
pitter-patter. Let's get at us. But that's it for episode 195 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I really appreciate it. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, leave a comment, all that stuff. It actually helps the podcast get bigger and bigger, so I would appreciate that. Um, you can always find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter, at Banner Banter Podcast. And yeah, that's it. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.